Hello? Well, hello. Is this Taryn Nair? You got it. The man behind the album 22 Degrees of Beatitude? <laughs> well, hi, this is Scott. Oh, Scott. Oh, what's up? Okay. Cool. It's Scott from the interview show. Oh, nice. Right on. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. What you up to right now? It sounds like you're at a party. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm actually um, at this little trailer in the middle of nowhere by uh, Jackson Well Springs near Ashland. We're uh, picking out on um, the uh, backstage food, which is like beautiful organic fruit and um, fresh avocados and hummus and stuff. Wow, that sounds really tasty. Yeah, it's really good. And drinking some Shasta water from Mount Shasta. Wow, well, I hope you weren't too upset that I've called to interrupt that for an interview. All good, brother. All good. Hey, what's up? This is Tarun Nair, and you are listening to The Interview Show.
Tarun Nair. I just put out 22 degrees of beatitude on the label Chaiwala's Boombox. And you are listening to The Interview Show. Turkish Spice is actually really interesting because it's the oldest song on the album. It's gone through so many different incarnations and I've tried so many different things to make it really happen. It was one of the very first experimentations I started with electronic music and it was based on this, this oud sample from Udi Khant, this uh, Turkish oud player. And uh, over the course of, you know, like many, many, many different tries, I've, I've like, you know, tried so many bass lines and so many beats and finally uh, working with David Starfire who added the bass line that's on the final cut on the album. Uh, that was the magic glue that held everything together and sort of made it pop. Um, so I'm thankful to him for that. This album is basically you take old styles and you mix them with electronic beats. And for a lot of people, that might not be a good fit. Some people obviously yeah, love yeah. it. So I was wondering yeah. if you could talk about mixing those styles together and how you sort of found your way doing that. I mean, I grew up playing Indian classical music. So my background since I was seven uh, has definitely been, you know, acoustic and very traditional music. But growing up, um, I got turned on to, when I was about 17 or so, I got turned on to Talvin Singh and to people like uh, Nintsani, other people involved with the Asian underground. A lot of sounds coming from the UK. And at that point in time, in the mid to late 90s, um, you know, that experimentation with real Indian classical musicians, not just people who had sort of been there and learned for a year or so, but people who had been learning for their whole lives, uh, and electronic music was starting to happen. And me growing up, you know, in Montreal, in an urban urban environment, I was obviously exposed to a lot of other influences. So when I started hearing this music that was bridging the cultures of acoustic and electronic of East and West, that totally expressed to me who I was. It was a revelation to hear that stuff because I was like, oh my God, this is the best stuff ever. Uh, and so it was just kind of a natural progression for me to slowly start learning my way around all the electronic music platforms and finally getting to a point where I can release an album. <laughs> Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Woods, your host, and today I have Taryn Nair on the line. Hi, Taryn. How's it going, Scott? I'm doing great. I'll start this way. For those who have never heard of you, can you give a little bit of a short bio to get people up to speed? I am a, a little beige boy who grew up in Montreal, son of an Indian father and, um, and an Irish-Scottish descent Canadian mom. I grew up playing tabla since I was a little kid and uh, then got totally obsessed with electronic music later on and recently released an album called 22 Degrees of Beatitude, which summarizes, I guess, the first 10 years of my experimentation with traveling and recording and making electronic music. Now, people might also know you from the band Delhi to Dublin. They also might know you from Beats Without Borders. This is true, yeah. If they're into that kind of music, then they, they might know you from either or both of those places. Okay, into that kind of music. Explain what that means. I guess it's, uh, it's kind of West Coast. The approach that I take with my music, I grew up in Montreal, but I moved to Vancouver when I realized it offered a little bit more openness um, in musical possibilities. So everything I'm involved with somehow fuses stuff together, fuses different cultures, fuses electronic and live. I'm all about that fusion thing, and that's what Delhi to Dublin expresses, as well as my solo stuff, as well as Beats Without Borders. You're in two other bands. Well, you're in two other musical projects. Why decide to put out a record that's just you? Uh, I, I'm constantly making and writing music. I mean, when we're traveling with Delhi to Dublin, we play a lot of shows, and I'm always in the band. Um, I'm just constantly sort of writing new tracks and new grooves. And then when I go to other places around the world, I often get people to record on top of them. Uh, so if I'm in India, I'll do that. If I'm in Bali, I'll do that. If I'm in China, I'll do that. And uh, it, it sort of came to a point where I had all these sketches on my computer, 
And um, I figured, you know, I should really just get my act together and get some out there. So that's what this album is about. Now, before you were talking about how the East Coast wasn't as receptive to what you're doing as the West Coast, so I was hoping you could expand on that a little bit, or expand on what the West Coast has offered you. Yeah, the West Coast has offered openness and um, encouragement. And uh, maybe maybe I wasn't in the right place, you know, growing up in Montreal, I wasn't in the right headset to be able to access that. Because now, you know, now that I'm at a certain level with my music, I can go to Montreal and, you know, play great shows there. But I find on the West Coast, you know, all the way from Vancouver down to San Francisco, there's just a lot of openness. When we start playing as Delhi to Dublin, even to uh, even to a crowd of people that have never heard us before, they just are into it from song number one. Whereas when we're out east, it can sometimes take up to song number 10 to get to that same point. Um, so it's just kind of a different different mindset, you know, between the two coasts. Excellent. So you said the record, 22 Degrees of Beatitude, is a collection of 10 years of traveling in music. So I was wondering if you could talk about some of the places you've been to give people an idea of what this, is, what this album is encompassing. Uh, sure. I'm just going to try to get away from the barking dog. <laughs> um, yeah, the album, I guess, is, uh, I mean, over the course of the, uh, the writing of this album, I've traveled to one of the most influential places was Bhutan. Uh, I also spend a few months of every year in India. Um, I was also in China, both in Taiwan and Beijing for a while. Um, so I guess all of those those influences. I'm, I'm a bit of an Asian nut. I mean, I have Asian blood, and so I'm constantly going there at least once or twice a year. And I just make a point of doing sessions with whoever I can. And um, I guess the, uh, the Bhutanese example is maybe the best one. Uh, I was traveling there with my dad on a hiking trip that took us on you know, some crazy uh, terrain, 14 days from the nearest, you know, mule stands way out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I got the opportunity to use my mobile field recording equipment to, to record some monks in a monastery. And, uh, you know, the setting was just unbelievable. And uh, the monks were, had never recorded anything onto anything before. So it was a real ordeal to try to get them to play with a click track so that I could manipulate stuff afterwards. But uh, stuff like that, you know, it's just stuff that's that's really lent my life its color, and uh, this is this album is about me sharing it with the world. Great, and that time you spent with the monks came out in a song, and the song is called Kazang La, right? Exactly, yeah, totally. Hey, what's up? This is Tarun Nair. I just put out 22 Degrees of Beatitude on the label Chaiwala's Boombox, and you are listening to The Interview Show.
up? My name is Tarun Nair, and you are listening to The Interview Show. So, for example, the song Kezangla with the monks, I basically sat down and uh, I asked them, you know, can you guys give me a couple of folk songs? Like, just, you know, sing out a couple of folk songs. So they all sang a couple of folk songs together, maybe three or four. And uh, I was like, you know what? The, the second one struck a chord with me somehow emotionally. And I, I say, uh, I asked them, so I picked out the track that I liked. And I came to break it down. Can we record these parts individually? And it took them a while to obviously figure out how they would go about doing that because they're used to just playing it together. Um, but once I had all the parts recorded, then I went into the studio and uh, then I just hear a beat. You know, like I hear, okay, it would be really cool to put like this beat behind it. And uh, it would be really cool to put a bass line here. And then I'll add some synths to support all of the, you know, the acoustic instruments. And then maybe I'll sub in. Maybe I, I think I removed entirely the dulcimer that, that one of the, the, the guys was playing and actually subbed in an electronic thing that sounded like a dulcimer, but it just cut through the mix a little bit better. So I actually just doubled that part and then removed the original thing. So it's, it's like an adventure, you know, it's an adventure with sound. Like uh, it may start off with me writing a beat and a groove and then getting somebody to do something on top of it, or it can start the other way around. Um, it's, it's basically like very organic. Kezang La, those were monks in the country of Bhutan, right? Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever been able to get them back? Have you ever been able to show them the songs that you've made? Not personally, but I know that they've listened to it because um, they're actually a part of this company called Tashi Nensha. And Tashi is, uh, is a, a friend of mine who hooked me up with these three kids. They're, they're, I mean, monks makes them sound like they're old, but they're actually just three kids uh, who are singing the song. And so I sent it back to him, and he, he doesn't really... Bhutan is still largely internet inaccessible. His son knows how to use the internet. So his son, you know, five months after I sent him the email, wrote me back and said, hey, I finally managed to download the track. It's amazing. We want to bring you to Bhutan. We want to do concerts with you live. We want to do this. We want to do that. And I wrote back, you know, the next day saying, like, okay, I'm totally in. Like, let's set some times. I'll come over this winter. And that was about five months ago, and I still haven't heard back. So things happen much more slowly there and uh, I really hope that it will develop into like an entire album of Bhutanese trip hop that would be a dream for me I mean it's so wonderful to work in that country so I hope it'll happen from the time that you spent with them what do you think their reaction would be like I think they probably got a real kick out of it yeah for sure I mean they do hear pop music and not that that song is poppy but just that it has an old school hip hop beat underneath it um, I'm sure that they you know knowing a lot of Asian people uh, and their reaction to, you know, tradition mixed with electronics, it's usually not um, negative. It's usually really positive. They, they really think they get a kick out of anything that happens that sort of shows things in a new light. Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have Taran Nair on the line. Okay, I read a quote of yours. It was, I can't just write regular drum and bass or a regular drum and bass track. It doesn't express anything <laughs> about my reality. I was wondering right. if you could expand upon that. Yeah, so I mean, again, coming back to the, the inspiration and my roots and, you know, how I, how I came to fall in love with a, a particular kind of music, um, for me, for, like, even though I, I go to drum and bass parties or, you know, any kind of parties, like uh, house music parties or breakbeat parties or whatever, um, and I can listen to, quote-unquote, regular, you know, house music or regular drum and bass music, music that's just straight up, you know, been made by some guy in a studio in London, for me, I have to put, when I'm making the music, I have to put my own influences in. And usually that takes the form of some kind of acoustic or traditional music because that's, you know, that's a full half of my personality at least. Uh, so if it doesn't have, you know, like some African voices that I recorded somewhere or another, or some Chinese zither that I recorded somewhere, 
then it's just not as interesting for me to deal with. I, I get bored. Um, but that's not to say that I get bored when I'm listening to other people's music. It's just my own process. Yeah, no, I get it. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. Yeah. All right. The other, another funny quote of yours that I read is of your music, it doesn't sound good on paper. You were talking about your own sound there. <laughs> Why would you say that? Uh, I think I was probably talking about Delhi to Dublin. It sounds like something I would say about Delhi to Dublin because if you tell somebody, I mean, often I get asked, you know, what kind of music do you play in the band? And I say Celtic Punjabi Electronica. I mean, that just sounds kind of dumb. It sounds like, you know, if somebody told me that, I would instantly think, you know, 95% chance this is just going to sound terrible. You know, 5% chance it might sound wonderful. And, uh, you know, luckily enough people out there believe that we're in the 5% segment to actually make a living playing that music. But I, I'm guessing that's what I was talking about when I said that. Okay, fair enough. So 22 degrees of beatitude, how does that look on paper? Um, I think it looks great. It's definitely the kind of album that I would buy, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, uh, I'm not everyone, and that's probably why I make this music in the first place. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I find it interesting to be critical about Delhi to Dublin, but not 22 degrees. Yeah, I mean, Delhi to Dublin is a very specific thing. Like 22 degrees of beatitude um, is, is kind of a walk all over the place. It's very wide-ranging. There was no real rules. Some of it's, you know, very traditional. Some of it's super electro. So it's kind of hard to pin it down into a three words. You know, if somebody said, like, okay, what is this album? Uh, I would have a hard time giving them a, a succinct description. Whereas with Delhi to Dublin... I say Celtic Punjabi Electronica, and that sounds funny to me. You know, and I, I live my life with Delhi to Dublin. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly writing music with Delhi to Dublin, so it's, it's not like I'm critical of it, but I think it does sound funny. Like if somebody told me that they were making that kind of music, I'd be like, okay, yeah, right, there's somebody. And the, the looks that we get, you know, if we're talking to the customs officers coming into the States and they ask us what kind of music do we play, everyone just kind of gives us, uh, kind of gives us this, this wide-eyed look, like, like what like the heck is that fair enough fair enough all right well Taryn, i've loved having you on the show today what you're doing is very very interesting nice. what i like to have is that the guest at the end of the show to pick one song off the record and talk a little bit about it as i bring up the music sure uh are we already playing k-zang la or should i intro some other some other track yes we will already be playing k-zang la um so let's talk about daybreak Daybreak is a, a track that was based initially on a bunch of field recordings that I made outside of my grandmother's apartment in South Delhi. And one of the, uh, one of the peculiarities of, of Indian living, and actually a lot of Asian living, is in the morning you're just assaulted with so much noise. You know, from about 5.30 in the morning there's people driving by, selling vegetables, coming to take out the trash, you know, coming to sell fruits, coming to clean the house, and everyone's got their own specific call and own voice that they're yelling. Uh, so in Daybreak, I took a lot of those sounds of like the early morning sounds around South Delhi and incorporated the, them into this track. And I also recorded a, an orchestra from Bombay, the same orchestra that's responsible for the whole Bombay Dub Orchestra um, uh, group, uh, and got them to record some really sweeping, kind of almost filmy Bollywood-type string sections on top of it. So like drum and bass fused with early morning sounds fused with um, Bollywood string sections. Great. I can't wait to hear it. Thanks, Taryn. Thanks, Scott. Cool. Hey, what's up? My name is Tharun Nair. I just put out 22 Degrees of Beatitude on Chaiwala's Boombox, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Doctor. 
Thank you.